Back in the saddle, another week, another episode of Sucker Radio here on MMASucker.com. I am your host, as always, and I've got someone riding shotgun with me. Uh, as you heard, no theme song. I haven't gotten to the gist of that yet. I didn't, uh, you know, lay claim to any music. Uh, yeah, but my boy riding shotgun with me, you know, riding shotgun, no scrubs, if you want to call it that. Nick Godin, managing editor of MMASucker.com, is joining me for this episode. I figured, why not bring on some suckers onto the show every now and then when we uh, don't have anything big coming up? Uh, there's obviously some fight cards going on, but let's get some suckers on the show. So, Nick, thanks for riding shotgun with me, man. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, you, you mentioned nothing big coming up. This UFC card, there's nothing important about what's happening this Saturday, so not at all. <laughs> the card's terrible. I hope you're not buying it. No, no, I definitely am not. But uh, let's start without talking MMA, I guess. Let's let's start by, you know, a few shows ago, I started this thing where we talk embarrassing moments. And uh, okay. I, I've had a few of them come up. Uh, I talked about a hole in my jeans. I talked about a whole bunch of different stuff like that. Well, the other day I was on my way to hockey and uh, gridiron traffic, like back-to-back bumper-to-bumper traffic. And I was like, oh, shit, I have to pee so bad. And I couldn't get out on the side of the road. So what did I do? I found an empty water bottle in the car, dropped the trowel a little bit, and uh, pissed into this water bottle. Luckily enough, it didn't overflow. It was like a Gatorade bottle, so it was pretty big. But, man, I, I told someone this story, and they're like, oh, man, lucky no one pulled up beside you and looked in. And I was like, well, maybe unlucky for them. Maybe they wanted to see that. <laughs> you got- it's funny you say that because I had that same story. It happened to be a Gatorade bottle. I was on my way from doing my Bruins podcast, and that drive was always an hour to 20, hour 40 minutes. Um, and I don't know about you, but I always have to drink water when I'm doing a podcast or a broadcast. And so I drink so much water. I, I got to piss my pants when I drive home. So I always got a Gatorade bottle, you know, just in case. So it's funny you say that. It beats a coffee cup because you're overflowing that thing for sure. <laughs> so what about you? I mean, I know you moved to Arizona recently. Any, any funny stories that happened, uh, since you made the trek? <laughs> Yeah, just uh, just last month I ripped my pants at the Coyotes game, so that was pretty fun. Um, what's what's crazy though is a month before that I told my boss, "Hey, just an FYI, there's a pretty good chance I'm going to rip my pants at some point this year." <laughs> and uh, one month later, I go to bend over to pick something up off the floor, and, zoop, and I'm just like, "Oh my god!" And it was dude, it was from the top of the ass crack down to my groin. So I'm like, this is this is not manageable. So I had to drive home, change my pants, and uh, we we made it work. But yeah. that's a little better than mine. I, well, I guess mine was just a hole in the crotch of my pants. I guess I wore them out a little too much. But mine happened right. while I was at work with kids. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, I I did that at school too. I don't know, man. I I wear my I just wear whatever I can until they rip. That's how I operate. And uh, I had this one time I wore underwear. And shorts. One time. Had a rip. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Only once a week, right? Um, <laughs> I, I had a, I had a hole in the shorts and the underwear in the same spot, oh, in the groin. 
and I'm driving to school and I look down, I'm like, oh, that's not dress code. So I had to turn around and fix that. Maybe it's a bigger problem than I thought. <laughs> it might be. <laughs> that's hilarious. All right, let's talk about you a little bit before we get into uh, some of the news and the rumors and, and whatnot that we got going on in mixed martial arts right now. You came on to Saka, you know, you were still running your Bruins diehards thing. You're, I, I'm guessing you're still doing that, correct? Yeah. Yep. Well, you you had that going on, came on board with Sucka, and then sort of moved up the ladder. Now you're managing editor, which we're super stoked to have you on board with that. Uh, just talk about how you got into the world of mixed martial arts. Well, it, it started as it was sort of like a bonding thing for me and my buddy, man. We, we just really loved it. He liked it at the same time I did. So we really just started watching it. We uh, started following it closely. And one of the things that it's crazy. I don't know if it's obsessive or what, but when I get into something, I get really friggin' into it. And I start like, like I need to know stats. I need to know almost everything about like Pierre Maguire, not <laughs> quite as bad, but we're getting there. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it started towards maybe junior year of high school. So in a way I'm still a new fan. You know what I mean? I've sort of passed on. I'm not a casual fan or anything like that because of course I've uh, watched a lot of one, you know, a lot of other promotions, but uh, I'm, I'm still relatively new to the scene, I would say. Do you remember what it was, which fight it was, or which card it was that got you hooked? Um, I had watched, with like with my buddies, I had watched the uh, uh, the first McGregor-Diaz fight, and of course when McGregor was in Boston, that was a pretty big deal as well. Um, but the one, I think the first card that I actually watched in full was literally a couple years ago, maybe even it was uh, Hunt versus uh, Mir. That oh, yeah. was literally the first card I watched in full, and uh, yeah, so so pretty new, really. Coming full circle, we got Mark Hunt on this weekend's fight card. Yeah, I think he gets <laughs> knocked out. Do you? <laughs> yeah, it's a definitely possibility. <laughs> but I said I mean, the same thing when he fought Frank Mir, and of course Frank Mir was the one who got knocked out. So, I mean, you never know with Mark Hunt. He, he's proved a lot of people wrong in his career. Well, I mean, he came into the UFC with a sub-500 record, so... Right, right. <laughs> that doesn't yeah. happen for just anybody unless you're a female <laughs> fighter. Right. And I don't mean any slag to those women well, by yeah, any means. But, but you know what I mean. <laughs> well, it's funny. You're... Uh, was it, how do you even say his name? Is it Trudeau? Yeah. Did you hear what he just said the other day? Um, someone used the term mankind and he said, whoa, 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 whoa. We say people kind around, <laughs> around here. Well, what does that mean? Yeah. And they're, they've changed the lyrics in O Canada. And I mean, no the, the whole country is going all kinds of like, I don't know. It's really weird. I'm not going to change crazy. my vocal standards and my lyrics to O Canada. It is what it is. It came with right. the country. You know what I mean? So, right. yeah. I mean, you, you'd it's never crazy. hear the American national anthem. Those, you know, they'll never change those lyrics. Well, we got we got polar opposites. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, I'd say. We, the... <laughs> <laughs> we won't um, even get into that. You won't, yeah, you can have the Cheeto. I'll take the <laughs> sea guy, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you got uh, just a few years ago. You got hooked. What about the writing side of things? Like, what got you interested in that? Well, I I always I started writing about hockey, um, and I had did that since I was like a soft, maybe a freshman in high school, but I definitely got serious about it as a sophomore. Um, and then sort like sort of I mentioned maybe it's obsessive I don't know what it is but when I get into something I'm I'm a hundred percent in and I always found that writing about something I'm interested in 
sort of helps me expand on my knowledge a little bit. It sort of gives me a little more, a little more to work with. So that's sort of how that, that came about. What's the ultimate goal with this then? I know you're, you know, you're doing the thing with the Arizona Coyotes. I'm sure you'd love to do PR side of things for, for the UFC or something like that. What, what's the end goal for you? I don't, I don't really know right now. You know, it's, I'm sort of just, one of the things I knew from a young age is that I have to do a lot of things out of school. In addition to what I do in school, I sort of have to uh, become proficient in a lot of different you know, facets of communications to be able to really hit my ultimate goal. Um, so writing, broadcasting, I've done so many different things, and I really just continue to do it because it helps me grow and it helps me get, uh, helps me build connections and networks. Um, but writing, I'm not sure if I'll ever stop. It, it might be a hobby if it becomes a job one day. That'd be pretty cool as well. But with a PR job and, and things like that, I, if say I worked with the UFC, I could still write about hockey if I wanted to, or vice versa. If I was writing in, in hockey, I could still write about the UFC. But of course, work. if I had a full-time job with the Coyotes, probably couldn't run a hockey blog about the Boston Bruins. That would no. probably have to stop <laughs> pretty quickly. And they're cool with it right now like because you're just doing uh... – you know what you're doing with the the coyotes they're cool with everything that you're doing on the side yeah i I made sure from day one i just want to let them know i do a podcast i run a blog and um they they were cool with it yeah i mean it's it's a different culture out here i mean if i was doing a coyotes um coyotes blog and i went and worked for the bruins i'm not convinced they would let me do that that's sort of a conflict of interest as a matter of fact my buddy just got hired as a graduate assistant to the boston bruins and they made him sign a legal document saying, I, I'm releasing the half of Bruins diehards that I run. So, um, yeah, they take that stuff pretty seriously. But the Coyotes been very, very lenient about it. Has it made you a bit of a Coyotes fan? Oh, yeah. Oh, and the, the other thing about the Coyotes is, of course, you, you being on the West Coast, or at least Western Conference, yeah. rather, um, there is sort of, uh, I don't want to call it a rivalry, but, of course, any team in your conference, you tend to not like me being in the Eastern conference. What do you got against the coyotes? I mean, they've always been bottom of the league, never seen them in the Stanley cup final uh, young team. There's a lot to like about them. So I vote and the affiliate of their team, the minor league team was based in Portland, Maine. So I had season tickets. So it was always relative and uh, it's pretty interesting how that came about. It, it was never my goal to work for the coyotes, but it, it worked out that way. And I'm definitely happy about it. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And I guess you've gotten to see a lot more NHL hockey than you have in the past, yeah? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty funny. One of the things that I really was excited about is I'm going to work for hockey. I'm going to be able to watch a lot of hockey. I'm going to be able to deal with the players. And it's gotten to the point where I'm like, oh, my God, I got to I gotta work with the players today. <laughs> it's like, they don't like to listen to you, you know what I mean? So it makes your job a little more difficult. But, uh, yeah, I mean – it's crazy, man. I'm, I'm running around the arena doing a bunch of different things while the game's going on. So the amount of times that I get to actually like stop and watch the game, it's, it's pretty slim. Do you have NDAs with these uh, players and working with the players and whatnot? Or are there funny stories that without slipping names, I guess? <laughs> Probably none that I can say. I got to <laughs> say, though, I will say I'll, I'll drop a name. Zach Ronaldo's a hoot. That guy's pretty funny. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. And I, I think that you know, sometimes working for a sport that you love is great and all, but as you said, you're like, oh man, I got to work this again. I got to work this again. So maybe working outside of MMA or the UFC is a good thing. 
Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And that's something I'm taking into consideration is I kind of want to, by working, um, you know, with a hockey organization and then hopefully at some point with the MMA organization, I'll sort of be able to gauge whether or not is this a lifestyle I enjoy watching hockey more than I enjoy working for hockey. Yeah. Because if you work within the NHL, I mean, the Bruins, I've missed the past five, you know what I mean? It's pretty, pretty crazy. And, and part of me wonders, would I rather, you know, watch hockey and be a fan of hockey than work in it? That way I can continue being like the avid fan that I've always been. Well, and I think it would be a little different as well, because like if you were working for a team that's like a Stanley Cup contender or something like that, you, you'd be going the long haul. You know what I mean? Like at this point, the Coyotes are not a Stanley Cup contender, but they could be, no. and if you're working for them, then you're like, you're in it for the long haul. You got to go all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals and all that kind of stuff. It, it would be a cool, cool run for you. But damn, man, that's a lot of work. Yeah, no, you're definitely right, and I think uh, it depends on what side of administration I'd be working on. But it can be a lot of traveling too. And uh, I do like to travel, but I'm not a big fan of flying, and that's a pretty <laughs> important part of working on a sports team. So. What do you miss most about being back home? Um, okay, so I miss some of the I'm, I miss some of the basic things. Uh, I miss friends. Um, you know, I, I really miss every UFC event. I'd have a ton of people over at my house and, and we'd watch it. So I miss things like that. Uh, I also, believe it or not, I, I, I miss the smell of the air. You know, I yeah. miss the trees. <laughs> it's, it's crazy out. Everything's gold. I mean, have you been you're, – you're close enough so you understand that there's a lot of color. There's a lot of trees, a lot of green, oh, yeah. a lot of different, you know, floral. And out here in Arizona, it's like old everywhere. Everything's the same color. I mean, every apartment complex, despite the fact that they're competitors, is the same goddamn color. Yeah. I, I can't. I've driven into completely different apartment complexes on several different occasions. Really? I think <laughs> it all looks like the same damn place. So, yeah. I mean, but uh, I, I, I definitely miss home for. You know, the beaches, I think the closest beach to me right now, I live in, uh, you know, the Phoenix area. Closest beach is probably six hours away. Oh, wow. So it's uh, it's pretty wild. But I've been to the Grand Canyon three times, so you can't complain about that, right? No, that's pretty cool, for sure. All right, let's talk MMA. We've had a few things come up. Uh, Leota Machida last weekend, interesting matchup against Eric Anders, you know, takes home the victory, calls out Michael Bisping, of all people, for, I guess, a retirement fight, Bisping responds, you know, open to fellow ex-champ as retirement opponent, whatnot. What, what do you think of this? Do you think that it's a good sort of farewell song for the two of them? Well, so ha has there been talk that this is going to be Machida's last fight as well? Because I don't know. I you... know Bisping said. I, I feel like that's a narrative that the media is kind of pushing out there is that this isn't a good fight for Bisping. Why would you have two legends retire? I don't know if Machida ever said he would retire. I like the fight. As long as Machida is gonna, you know, maybe have another fight after that, despite the fact that maybe it is time for him to end it as well. Yeah. So you think? I mean, I guess it it could all depend on how the fight plays out, right? Like right. maybe they maybe they do hold WWE style, loser retires. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that'd be that. You know, interesting. That I think that'd sell some uh, some fight nights there. But uh, I mean, if it's sort of hard to predict MMA. You can't really say they're both going to go in there. They're going to, you know, stand and bang as people like to say, which is just fucking brutal. But uh, um, if, if it was some lethal 
incredible like movie style fight and that's how they both retired that'd be pretty badass but the chances of that happening are pretty slim you know yeah and and then there's the guy who's on the outside Rashad Evans who thought the Michael Bisping rematch was set and uh sounds like obviously that's not going to be the case what that's a guy who could be part of this whole retirement bout as well <laughs> Yeah, Rashad Evans, uh, his past few fights has looked less than impressive. He looks slow. He he looks out of it, you know. So I I thought his last fight, I can't even remember who it was against, but uh, I think I was at like an Applebee's watching it after a, uh, I think it was like a Lifehouse concert or something <laughs> like that, going to, these, going to these dad concerts. But uh, uh, he looks slow, man. So he he should, in, in the weight cut, isn't doing him well either. He looks pretty bad. Yeah. He does. I, I don't know what to make of that whole situation. I mean, I, I, I'm I a big Michael Bisping fan. Not as big as Mike Skite over at MMASucker.com, but I do like Bisping. And I, as much as I enjoy watching Machida fight, that fight against Eric Anders was not exciting at all. No. And I just don't know, man. I have no clue what they do with either one of these guys. They might as well put him in there and just say, you know, loser goes home because that's all that makes sense. If one of these guys moves on and continues to fight, the only one that should continue to fight is probably Bisping out of the three of those guys, to be honest with you. Yeah, I think I think Bisping knocks out Machida. I really do. And I'm a big Bisping fan as well, but uh, I don't I don't see how Machida makes it out of uh, three rounds with Bisping. I think Bisping still got some fight in him, and Machida, he's definitely slowed down. Yeah, I mean, only three fights ago, Bisping knocked out Luke Rockhold. Right. Right? <laughs> I mean... Which which I think a lot of people are still kind of sitting on that. Like, did that really happen? And yes, yes, it did. It's not, you know, Luke could say that he was injured. He overlooked him. He did all this stuff. Who the hell cares? He got knocked out, man, and uh, that happens in the fight game. You overlook someone or, you know, you you pull one of your punches or the other guy just throws heavy hands, you can get knocked out. And Machida could knock people out, but he's looked like garbage his last few fights. Yeah, I, I got to ask, who's worse at trash talking? Is it uh, is it Luke Rockhold or is it Michael Johnson? <laughs> They're both pretty bad. I... Uh, Michael Johnson at least tries to just trash talk with, you know, some thuggery and stuff like that. If that's even a word, I, I, I'll say thuggery. Or, uh, I, know, I know what you're saying, but I don't think, I don't get that feeling when he talks. I, no, neither he do I. But like he eats shit. No. did he try to trash talk, talk trash? He's like, I eat shit or something. Was like, yeah, Wait, yeah, it was ridiculous. But then you get Luke Rockhold and that side of the game. He puts it off as more of a pompous thing, and he seems like a complete dick. And I think that might be like the Southern California in him or something. He's just sort of some douchebag surfer guy who thinks he's all that. He knows he's good-looking. He's dated Demi Lovato. He has nothing else to lose, so he's like, fuck, I'll just put it out here like this. <laughs> Jesus, if if we weren't talking Rockhold, I think you're talking Tom Brady. <laughs> by the way you guys talk about him in the chat, man. Oh, come on. Tom Brady, greatest of all time. I just got to say it. <laughs> uh, I'll, I, he's a great quarterback. He's a bit of a fucking whiner, though. <laughs> <laughs> come on, man. Work with me. <laughs> Although those last three throws he had in the Super Bowl were some of the worst throws I've ever seen him throw in his life. Yeah, I mean, there, was, there was a lot of bad stuff in that game. I actually got in an argument at work, which is totally unprofessional, but uh, this guy who's 
from New York, or actually New, uh, New Jersey, um, big Denver Broncos fan, but he tried telling me that Tom Brady is a backup quarterback on every other NFL team in the league. He says the only reason Tom Brady's good in the NFL is because of Bill Belichick. And I'm like, what? Then Tim Tebow in his two games with New England should have been a superstar. You know, I mean, like <laughs> yeah. that, that logic pissed me off so much. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to put my job on the line and see where this goes. <laughs> How did it end up playing out? Uh, he left screaming, Tom Brady is Vaughn Miller's bitch. That's how that ended. So that was pretty uh, – it <laughs> didn't end best-case scenario, but I look forward to seeing him again. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. Oh, man. That's the best he could throw out was Vaughn Miller? Like, I mean, yeah, the guy won super – he won the MVP and all, but yeah. really. He said he's going to win – he said Vaughn Miller's going to win more Super Bowls than Brady by the end of his career, which is possible. I'm not saying it's not. But do you really look at Denver and say you're that confident? You know what I mean? Uh, not with uh, – no, not at all. No. I mean, who do they – they have Simeon as their quarterback? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's yeah. not he's not staying much longer. So No, he's not. And I mean they've lost a lot of their talent as well. They got a good running game. Uh other than that, I mean, really their Demarius Thomas hasn't done a hell of a lot. He did nothing this season actually. <laughs> yeah. And then I mean in this in the same sort of situation, Arizona, which I went to the uh the last game the Cardinals had against the Giants, and uh, I'm telling you, if they find a quarterback, which could be Kirk Cousins, they're gonna be a good team. Yeah, yeah. I, Arizona, I mean, I'm a Seahawks fan, so Arizona is always, uh, you know, our bitter rivals. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Talking about bitter rivals, Tyron Woodley gets called out by Nate Diaz. This guy, you know, shooting for the stars, right? And then Rafael Dos Anjos says, shame on you for wanting the Nate Diaz fight to Tyron Woodley. Another trio of a situation in terms of three guys. Uh, definitely not in the terms of retirement like we were talking with those last three guys, but what the heck do you do here? Does Diaz deserve the welterweight title fight? Does Rafael Dos Anjos earn the title fight? Or who should Tyron Woodley fight? Because this guy needs to fight pretty soon. Well, I'm I'm on board for having uh, Tyron fight Colby Covington just because I want to see him get knocked out. Uh, but other than that, I really think that Rafael Dos Anjos is definitely the the the, the guy to you know he's the he's the fight to make. I don't think Nate des- I don't think Nate deserves it. I mean, he hasn't fought in how long has it been? Has it been close to two years now? It's got to be. I mean, his last fight was Conor McGregor, right? Yeah. So it's uh, I don't I don't think Nate deserves it at all. Can I see that fight being made? Absolutely. I think that would sell more pay per views than Rafael Dos Anjos, but. Uh, I would sort of like to see some normalcy be brought back to the UFC and Nate come back, fight a number one contender, and or maybe number two, and the winner of that fight gets the next title shot. But he shouldn't jump back in after two years. I mean, that's like people are complaining about giving Nick Diaz a potential title shot. We haven't seen him fight in a long time either. So uh, I don't I don't think they deserve it. No, the the last time we saw Diaz was at UFC 202, August 20th, 2016. So by the time they booked him, it would be two years. And I think the only right. way we would have seen that fight, Tyron Woodley, Nate Diaz, is if it was to save a card. If it was one yeah. of those ones, like if they needed to save UFC 222 and, and it needed to be done, which it has been saved, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. Well, sort of saved. But um, <laughs> uh, that that's the only way I see that fight playing out. 
other than the fact that, yes, it's dollars. Nate Diaz should maybe come back, have a trilogy with Conor McGregor, because that's another money fight. Or he should go in there and earn his respect like uh, most of the other guys in the division do. You know, one of the things that I don't think a lot of people are talking about is at the beginning, I understood Nate's logic. You know, he shouldn't go and I mean, what if Nate went, went and fought two people since last fighting Connor? He loses a couple fight. It The fight between him and Connor is sort of irrelevant at that point. Nate Diaz is on a losing streak. I don't think people are going to want to see that. But he's at the point right now where he's holding out so long, he's sort of giving other people the opportunity to steal the steal the light and get a fight with Connor. I mean, look at Floyd. That fight came out of – I don't want to say it came out of nowhere because it was discussed, but it happened pretty quickly. I mean, it was like one a month before everyone was saying the fight was not going to happen. One month later, the thing was finalized, and they're going to fight in two months. Now they're already talking about putting those two up against each other again. I don't know how much truth there is to that. You see Floyd waddling into the octagon, which, by the way, doesn't look like he knows how the hell to even walk into the octagon. I mean, it, it just looks hysterical. But anyway, I, I just feel like the longer Diaz waits, the more a fight between him and Connor becomes less newsworthy and less of a moneymaker. Anything Conor McGregor becomes newsworthy, but I understand completely what you're saying. I think the fact that the Diaz brothers have been out so long makes them fairly irrelevant as it is, regardless of who they fight. Right. And I mean, it. I guess if I'm listening to myself talk, that sounds pretty dumb saying that a Conor McGregor versus Nate fight wouldn't be newsworthy. But the, the way I'm looking at it is I think it was just two months ago that Tyron actually wanted to fight Nate. He tried to make that fight happen and Nate walked away. Nate could have had an opportunity to become the welterweight champion of the world. That would have made the Conor fight between, uh, you know, between Nate and Conor, that would have made that fight 10 times bigger. I mean, you oh, could yeah. put it up for the third title. They fought twice at 170. So I just think that, out for so long i think he's missed some opportunities to make a, a fight between him and connor even bigger than what it will be for sure all right so we spoke about ufc 222 needing to be saved women's featherweight champion chris cyborg heads into the cage against invicta fc bantamweight champion yana kuniskaya is this a fight that really saves the card. Now, I know the co-headliner they have now announced is Frankie Edgar against Brian Ortega, which, again, was a fight that sounded like it was going to be Frankie Edgar versus uh, Cody Garbrandt. Like, I'm not really sure what went on there. Uh, It sounded like Cody had uh, stolen that fight and gotten it, but now we're seeing it's Brian Ortega. What are your thoughts on this as a whole in terms of Cyborg being the saving grace, supposedly, of UFC 222, and the way the Frank Yeager fight ended up playing out. I think in the weak term of the word, I think that it sort of saved it. I mean, you have a title fight now, and you have a sort of legitimate co-main event that, I mean, if you're Frankie Edgar, I mean, if you're Chris Cyborg, first of all, I think you're going to run through her. But if you're Frankie Edgar, I mean... The guy's got balls, dude. I mean, he's he's coming off a loss from uh, – well, actually, his last fight was a win, right? He fought Yair. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he, he comes off from a few losses against Jose Aldo. He's getting another title opportunity. He pulls out. Then the fight's rescheduled. Max pulls out. Now he's almost fighting for the next title shot. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's almost like he's taking a step back. So 
despite the fact that the fight's really good. I love that fight. As a big Frankie fan, I sort of wish he pulled the Nate Diaz and waited for Max Holloway to get healthy. What'd you think of the whole Car- Cody Garbrandt thing? Like him moving up to featherweight or what, what, was that what was going to happen? He was going to go up to featherweight or Frankie was going to go down to bantamweight. Like what was happening there? I, I don't, I don't necessarily believe it. Uh, it is a fight I'd like to see. Um, I would like to see Frankie, if Frankie loses against Max, I'd like to see him go down to bantamweight. And I wouldn't be shocked if a Frankie Edgar versus Cody Garbrandt fight happens at some point in the future. Um, I, th- I think it'd be fun. I think, uh, Frankie versus Ortega is the right fight to make in that case. But for pay-per-view sales, Cody Garbrandt versus Frankie Edgar is a pretty intriguing fight. I'm surprised Frankie hasn't gone down to Bantamweight yet, to be honest with you. I know. I mean, he's I, been talking about it for years, too. How do you think he'd do? I think he'd do excellent. I think the how weight cut do? might be tough a little bit, but I don't know how much he really cuts for featherweight. He cut absolutely nothing for lightweight. And he was the champ there. So, right. I mean, look at that. And I, I, I think Brian Ortega might be a tougher test for him than anyone in the bantamweight division, to be honest with you. He's got such good wrestling, and his pace is, like, greater than anyone you'll see in the bantamweight division. He'd take guys down at will. He's got crazy ground and pound from the top. I think I'd be scared if I were Cody Garbrandt. Yeah, and not only that, but one of the issues with Frankie Edgar, of course, you mentioned he was a lightweight champion at one point, but at the same time, at featherweight, a lot of his opponents are so much taller than him that it sort of makes their opportunity for takedown defense a little easier. So he's sort of been at a disadvantage in that sense. So I think that going down to Bantamweight, fighting guys the same size as him, because that's ultimately what they are, the same size of him, um, I think that it would almost make it easier for him. I don't think that... Frankie versus TJ Dillashaw is an easy fight for Frankie. I think that that's a sort of, I think talent-wise, they might be on the same level. But I do see Frankie Edgar beating Cody Garbrandt. Yeah, so do I. I think him versus TJ is like a thing of beauty, though. In the cage, man, the the movement that would go on in there, the speed of that fight, if we thought Cody versus TJ was a thing of beauty, that one would be even more. Yeah, I think it honestly very well could be a better fight. Uh, at the same time, I'm not sure if Dominic Cruz is a great fight for Frankie. I think that he could have some trouble there, but I still think it'd be a fight worth seeing. Sounds good. Let's talk this weekend. UFC 221, you told me not to buy the pay-per-view. I got the card right here in front of me. There are literally only two fights that I want to talk about (laughs) because the rest of them are not very good, other than the fact that my boy Jeremy Kennedy is fighting on the preliminary card. Very, very, very excited for that one. A uh, tough fight for him, though, man. Uh, I guess let's talk Curtis Blades, Bladez, Blades, however you want to say it, against Mark Hunt. You said you think he gets knocked out, meaning Hunt. Um, yeah. I picked Hunt in this one in the MMA Sucker Staff picks uh, just because you never know what you're going to get with him, and I'm a 500 record in there right now. I'm not doing so well myself, unlike you, who's doing pretty good. Um, I must be, I, what, 18 8 now? 18. I think it's 18 and 10, but... Oh, yeah, I had a rough one last but week. But I think you're still in the lead with two other guys. You're in first place, so still pretty good. I'm, I got to make up some ground, so I got to take some underdogs here and there. Uh, right. Curtis has looked good in his fights, 
but you never know what you're going to get with Mark Hunt. How, you say you see a knockout happening in this one. How do you see it playing out? Do you think it happens really early? Well, okay, so I've, I'm going back and forth because these are two fighters that I think can almost do everything, and I don't, th- I don't mean that in a good way. I think that they can be sporadic at times. I think that's a lot of, I think Mark Hunt's won in a lot of ways like that. When, when shit gets pretty crazy for Mark Hunt, he throws that crazy hook and knocks people out. Um, I can, I can see Mark Hunt doing another walk-off knockout against Blades. I could see him shocking us like that. But at the same time, I could see Blades being on top of Mark Hunt, just getting the TKO victory because it, because Hunt's too exhausted. You know what I mean? I can see this fight. I think this is one of those fights where I probably changed my mind three more times yeah. before Saturday. <laughs> it's a tough one to call, man. And I mean, Mark Hunt has gone against guys who everyone thought were virtually unstoppable. And not necessarily the big powerhouse guys that he fights, but like Roy Nelson is a guy that everyone thought could not be knocked out. And Mark Hunt knocked him the fuck out. (laughs) (laughs) Good night, Jim Kite. Yeah. Right? (laughs) So, yeah, you never know, man. Main event, Yoel Romero, Luke Rockhold. This one's a tough one for me to pick, too. I took Luke in it just because I think he might... Fuck, it's so tough. As I look at their pictures and stuff, again, I think to myself, did I make the right pick? Should I change it? Should I do this? But I got to go with Luke, despite him getting knocked out by Michael Bisping. (laughs) Uh, Just because I think he's... I don't know. I don't know why. I I flipped a coin, I guess, and I'll take Luke Rockhold in this one. But again, like Mark Hunt, Yoel Romero is a guy that could knock you out from absolutely anywhere. He could also take you down from anywhere and lay on top of you and pound the shit out of you on the ground. Do I think it gets there? I don't know if it even gets to the ground unless Rockhold takes him down. To be honest with you, that cage wrestling could be Rockhold's bread and butter in this one. I'm taking Luke. How do you see this one playing out? Well, I think one of the interesting things, again, I don't think a whole lot of people are talking about this, is the fact that, for starters, I think whoever loses this fight is done because they're both coming off of what you could consider detrimental losses. I mean, Michael Bisping knocks out Luke Rockhold, okay? that's He'll never let that one go. Uh, Yoel Romero loses to Robert Whitaker, and Robert Whitaker looked fantastic. I feel like fight for either fighter is going to be a pretty big setback i think it's going to come down to who's broken more from their last fight some would say it's going to be luke rockhold because he got knocked out others would say it's yoel romero because the young and up and comers have proven that they can actually yoel romero which in the past no one could really ever do i'm i'm picking luke rockhold um is going to play a big factor, but this is another one of those fights where at first I said Yoel because if Yoel gets on top, game over. But at the same time, I think that if Luke, um, if if Luke doesn't go to the ground at all, I feel like he can just pick him apart. Yeah, I that's really what do. I'm thinking too. With a knockout, because I cannot like a lot of these fights. I sort of go through each round in my head. Yeah, I sort of I sort of think about. I, I see the strikes. I see what's going on. I. I cannot see Luke Rockhold knocking out Yoel Romero. It's just not visually in my brain. I don't know if that's going to happen. No, I, I don't see a knockout happening really by Luke either. And a lot of people forget how good his ground game is off his back. So he, when he does go to the ground, 
he doesn't stay there very long. So unless Romero takes him down, passes his guard, gets into side control, and dominates him from there, he's got to be able to progress in the ground game before he can do anything else because Luke has a good closed guard. He has a good open guard. Romero has to be able to bypass that before doing anything. So, yeah, he could get him down, but he's got to be able to do something on the ground when he gets there. Yeah, and in a way, I because we mentioned uh, Tyron Woodley versus Nate Diaz, I see this fight being like a bigger version of what th- that fight could be like. I mean, I don't expect – in that case, of course, Nate Diaz is Luke Rockhold, the taller guy, I, but I don't see him knocking out Tyron Woodley or Yoel Romero. You know what I mean? So I, I feel like that this fight between Yoel Romero and Luke Rockhold could be sort of a, a really similar way a fight between Nate Diaz and Tyron Woodley could be like. Interesting point. Interesting point. Now, we'll end the interview and the show with something I like to call 5 and 10. I don't know if you've heard this. Have you listened to it on Sucker Radio yet? I haven't heard 5 and 10, no. So what it is is I'm going to give you a topic. I'm going to give you 10 seconds, and you've got a name five things on that topic in the 10 seconds i have to name what five what i didn't five, so i'm gonna give you a topic okay. and you have to have name five things related to that topic oh shit okay. in 10 seconds now this could this could uh, be detrimental if i were in <laughs> politics yeah this could be it for me so well, it's not going to be politics, but I uh, I had Brendan Allen on. I did it with him for the first time, five and ten, and he got four things out of five on what I okay. asked him. I simply said the color brown, and he named four things. He didn't even okay, name shit, shit. Shit came to my mind. I don't yeah, know that was that's... the first thing that came to my mind. Okay, he said, making sure we're on the same page here. He said slippers, yeah. but that yeah, what? I don't know. Very interesting. <laughs> so yeah. the timer will start. After I read the word or the topic. Okay. And you can literally spit anything out. Whatever comes to your mind on this topic. Arizona Coyotes. Uh, Puck. Perlini. Ekman Red. Feet. Bottom of the standings. (laughs) I mean. Look at you go. Ding, ding, ding. That was like you got five in nine seconds. Good right. job, man. Good job. That wasn't too hard. You could have literally just named five players. But you know what? When you're on the spot, it's sort of hard to think of things. Yeah, I, I don't know if I could name five. Yeah, I could name five players really quickly. <laughs> it's a good thing I didn't say the Bruins because that one would have been way too easy for you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, Nick, man. It's been a pleasure. Thanks a lot for joining me this week. Uh, just let people know where they can find you in the social media game, whatever else you got going on. Pimp out your podcast. Do whatever you want, man. Yeah, sure. Thanks, man. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Flying Or, of course, that's F-L-Y-I-N-G and then last name Or, O-R-R, like Bobby Or, of course. Um, at Bruins Diehard, that's where I do a lot of my Bruins coverage, except I don't expect a lot of your Vancouver listeners to be tuning into that. Um, <laughs> Ouch. And I know, right? And uh, yeah, and just, just keep your eye on the Coyotes. I think that uh, good things are happening in the future with this team. He is Nick Godin. Thanks a lot for joining me. That does it for another episode of Sucker Radio. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You can follow us on Twitter at MMA Sucker. You can follow us on Facebook. It's a little tricky. It's LWOS MMA. Our Facebook page got sort of hacked, so we had to get rid of that and use last word on sports. 
Make sure you check out myself on Twitter at JeremyBrand604 on Instagram, Jeremy underscore 604, and check out my sponsor. They are the BlazersChoice.com for all your cannabis-related needs. You can beat the traffic. You can beat the downtown scuzzy drug dealers and order anywhere in Canada. They will ship directly to your door. They have shatter, edibles, weed, and wicked vape pens. So check them out, theblazerschoice.com. That does it for this episode of Sucker Radio. I'm out. <laughs>